is the anthem of the adventurer. The show for men who are tired of forsaking their dreams, who are willing to risk, to dare greatly, and know in their soul that their desire for adventure is good. It's time to venture into the wild places in our hearts. Here's your host, Dan Saner. Welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, and coming to you from the frozen tundra of Lafayette, Indiana, it's November, and we've already had snow and a nice coating of ice, um, which is great for building perseverance, which is exactly what we're talking about this season on the show. A couple of announcements for you before we get into the show proper today. Um, Once again, our friends over at Blue Ridge Overland Gear out in the wonderful hills of Bedford, Virginia, um, they partnered up with us in uh, releasing a gear attic. For those of you like me who have a Subaru Outback of the 2010 Vintage and Up, take a look for that on their website, blueridgeoverlandgear.com. The elves over there are hard at work and they say it's going to be released sometime before Christmas. So stay tuned. If you, like I do, want to reduce the amount of time it takes for you to get all of your kids and family and everything into the car and on a camping trip, you're going to need something like this. I keep a couple of sleeping bags and some coats and blanket up in there all the time in my car so we can just go out and have a camping trip with about 10 minutes of packing the car. It's amazing. So check out Blue Ridge Overland Gear. There are going to be some really great videos and uh, more information about that coming out soon. Also, our friends at SEAL Team Leaders, uh, you've heard my good buddy Larry Yatch on the show before. Um, Our team over there is uh, putting on a really amazing adventure experience the beginning of December called the SEAL Team Leaders Boot Camp for entrepreneurs who are looking to build, operate, and sustain a high-functioning team. It'll be a few days down in Tampa, Florida, doing some amazing Navy SEAL-like adventures that will remain a surprise for those of you who are going. Um, If you want some, and also some amazing one-on-one coaching, some time with the team and Larry, it's going to be a really, really impactful experience. If you want some more information on that, head on over to SEALTeamLeadersBootCamp.com. That's SEAL as in the aquatic mammal or Navy SEALs. <laughs> um, hope to see some of you there and keep an eye out for some further adventures quarterly with SEAL Team Leaders. Um, going to be partnering up with them in managing those. I'm super excited about this opportunity and looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about that. If you want to see some sort of epic experience on the calendar, that's something in the sea or maybe in the air or something on land, you know, the sea, air, land of the Navy SEALs, uh, shoot me a message. Find me on Facebook or Instagram and uh, let me know what kind of epic experience that you would like to take with a retired Navy SEAL. <laughs> it would be really cool to see what you come up with um, and what we can make happen together. All right. So today, I'm so excited. We get to talk to Alistair Humphreys. Um, you'll hear a little bit more about everything that he's into today. Uh, he is 
a guy who has made a career out of adventure. Um, he started out as kind of the classic adventurer where he's going on epic expeditions, biking ac- across the world, walking across India, you know, going to the poles, things like that. And then he had kids. And he thought, oh, man, my adventurous life is over. But he found that, really, the adventure was just beginning. It had just changed. And he incorporated this concept. We would call casual adventures. He calls them micro-adventures. Because we all have, you know, most of us, we've got a 9 to 5 job. But then we still have these hours of 5 to 9 that are ours that we can use to inject some adventure into our lives. We're going to talk about that today. He's also written a really amazing book uh, among a few that he's written called My Midsummer Morning. I've been listening to it while I've been out rucking across the Purdue campus in the freezing cold (laughs) and all about his walk across Spain without taking any money with him, just a violin and his rucksack full of camping gear and sustaining himself through busking. (laughs) It's an amazing story and you'll get to hear some truly horrific violining he would say that himself so you know nobody tell me that i'm bad mouthing him um but it's a really great story of you know real life and what it looks like to incorporate some adventure when you need some some healing for your heart and and to kind of rediscover uh who god's created you to be so i would really uh, highly recommend you get the audio version of my midsummer morning by alistair humphreys and his challenge Uh, So as you know, this season, we're focusing on practicing perseverance. So being able to repeatedly fail in a safe environment, perseverance. And each of our guests is giving us their own challenge that when you complete all seven of them, this being the final one, you will get a really awesome ruck patch that we now have. Uh, Look on Instagram for a picture of that. It's really amazing. And you can earn it by doing all of the challenges and Posting a picture of yourself when you complete each one uh, on Instagram with the hashtag for that challenge and tagging this account, Anthem of the Adventurer. And for those of you who aren't on Instagram, like my dad, he rightfully pointed out some people just don't like that platform. That's cool. Find another way that works for you to prove that you have done the challenges. Send me a carrier pigeon, you know, message in the bottle, smoke signals. However, you've got, to pr- you've got to get the message over here um, with a picture that you- proves that you have done the challenge. Do so. But the easiest way would be Instagram. For Alistair, his challenge uh, is going to involve some micro-adventures. So his hashtag for this episode is hashtag micro-adventures. That is hashtag micro-adventures. So when you post your picture on whatever platform you want, but Instagram would be the easiest... Use that hashtag, tag the Anthem of the Adventurer, and we'll get you a ruck patch. It will be awesome, and then you can prove to yourself that you have got what it takes to practice perseverance in your life. Give yourself a daily reminder um, of that. It's really, uh, really helpful, and and it's going to be just awesome when you do. You will really, it's just a piece of fabric and Velcro, (laughs) but... I love the patches that I've earned through uh, Go Ruck events and, and others that just remind me, yeah, I did that. I have what it takes. I can continue to do that and I can inspire others too. So let that be uh, the same kind of reminder for you. So without further ado, we have 
Alistair Humphreys. Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. I'm so excited to talk with our guest today. We have Alistair Humphreys all the way from the UK. He's been a, a really great inspiration towards this life full of adventure that we all want. And he's uh, written a few books, one of them uh, that you probably have heard of if you've been uh, in this world for a, any length of time. It's Micro Adventures, all about these small, uh, low risk, we would call them casual adventures you can get out and do in your backyard tomorrow that are so fulfilling. And looking forward to unpacking that as well as everything else that Alistair's got going on in his life and in his adventure shed where he's <laughs> going from today. Alistair, welcome. Great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've uh, been <laughs> following you for, for a while and, and looking forward to digging into everything that you've got going on in your world adventurously. But as you know, I love to set the stage for uh, our time together with a challenge. So what would you challenge uh, myself and the audience to do over the next couple of months during this season uh, to practice some perseverance in a low-risk environment? Okay, well, I, I think one of the things that gets in the way of most people's adventure dreams and their dreams of an adventurous lifestyle is the nine to five. You know, the nine to five daily working life gets in the way. So my challenge is to shift the way that you think about things. So instead of looking at the burden of the nine to five, flip it around and look at the opportunity from 5 p.m. until 9 a.m., I know we we have busy lives, but in theory, we have 16 hours of day every day when we're not at work, in theory. So I would challenge you to use that time by finishing work one day, and instead of going home to watch TV, head out of town or do it in your backyard or wherever you want, but just sleep outdoors for the night on a school night, so a work night, get up in the morning, go back to work. And when your office, office colleagues say to you, oh, did you do anything interesting last night? For once, you don't have to lie and pretend that you're interesting. And for once, you can say, yeah, actually, last night I slept on a hill. I slept in the wood. I slept in the trees. And you can be sure everyone will think you're absolutely crazy. But equally, you will remember that a year from now. So that's my challenge. A five to nine overnight micro adventure. That's awesome. I love that challenge. And it's been, that's uh, I haven't done it yet on a weeknight. But even just camping out in the backyard with the kids, there's just something about you know, oh, look at that. There's a bat and, yeah, you know, bats. Oh, and you, wow, and there's you stars coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, sleeping in the backyard gives you 65% of the benefit of sleeping out in Yosemite. You, you still get the stars and the birds and the bats and the wind and the breeze and the temperature changes. So you can do that wherever you happen to live. And I think to, the notion of doing it on a school night, like a, a working day, really really helps shift your perspective on what is possible with your time mm, yeah it's that's that's so true and I, I mean so you got you've got a couple of kids and we'll, we'll talk about your family here in a minute but you know just how does that like show up for for your kids i know my son will be like oh we could do that tonight that'll be awesome uh, yeah i'm the, you know people often ask me for advice about adventures with kids and i generally back to that back to them and say the problem isn't the kids kids will do whatever you want them to do as long as you <laughs> keep them warm and have some uh candy to bribe them with here and there they'll do pretty much anything and they'll love it um 
the problem is you boring old adult who's overthinking everything and uh, and mm. thinks yeah and that so yeah kids love all of this sort of stuff they love adventure they still have the adventurous spirit they haven't yet had it beaten out of them by society and convention and the expectations of what we should be doing with our our days our weeks and therefore our lives that's that is really true and we should put that on a t-shirt if it isn't already (laughs) (laughs) so how does this show up for you and your family tell us a little bit about uh kind of your family makeup and how you guys embrace this uh regularly well, we're pretty, I, I don't think we do anything very out of the ordinary, really. We're a pretty normal family. I've got two young kids and uh, they do normal stuff like soccer and gymnastics. And I spend half my time driving around doing that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and then but what I suppose I do try and do is when I pick them up from school at three o'clock every day is uh, we cycle home from school. We don't drive. And then we uh, I, mean, I have got a car, but we don't drive home from school. We cycle home. And then I try and keep them outside in the garden. I'm trying to make our garden the most dangerous garden in the village. So I've got rope swings <laughs> and uh, gymnastics bars. And I put, a, put in a zip wire. Cool. Um, I'm just trying to make it dangerous, really. And then you get them to use their imagination. So I get a load of ropes and stuff. And we try and figure out what we can do with it. And a lot of it doesn't work. And the stuff that does work stays up and the stuff that's rubbish we take it down and try and imagine something different the next time um and we quite often camp out in the garden we've got a little area where we can make fire so we burn lots of things kids like playing with fire oh yeah so do i um and yes we quite often just have evenings out burning stuff (laughs) that sounds fantastic and and then in the summertime um i bought a a canoe on ebay um a really cheap big plastic canoe uh but i got i was getting impatient because i kept getting out bid by just a few pounds so i decided to gamble and i upped my stake and to speed things up i bid on two canoes at once and then i accidentally won them both (laughs) so i had to (laughs) confess this to my wife and then pay for two canoes but we've actually realized that's a brilliant additional accessory because it means we can take other families with us yeah And, and what i've really enjoyed is taking normal families like friends of ours who don't really do adventurous stuff and seeing for them what a big deal it is to have a mum and dad and two kids in a canoe for a couple of hours and see some fish and kingfishers and birds and and then jump off a riverbank into a river i mean i sometimes take all this stuff for granted because i've been doing it for my whole adult life but i it's a very good reminder for me that for many people we need to start really 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 small so it's a good way of resetting my brain to start small on adventurous thinking Mm, yeah i'm I'm kind of very similar like i'd say i'm i'm just getting started on kind of living a more adventurous life and and even i forget sometimes like oh yeah we gotta gotta start way smaller than you know going for a overnight go ruck challenge or something like i try to bring people along crazy stuff like that (laughs) so um you you talk so what are some some other ways you can you can bring you know kind of we'll say the the uh people who are still in the matrix <laughs> you know along for for some of those adventures you talk about kind of canoeing what what else have you been able to do with your well, neighbors can, and friends and family yeah. i I'd, I'd actually i I'd, I'd actually 
like to leave canoeing out of this because canoeing does require buying something expensive yeah. and safety gear and learning not how to die. So I think actually for the purpose of this conversation, it's probably a good one to forget about and focus on <laughs> stuff that's much cheaper and easier as in free. So one thing I've been doing this year, which I'm really enjoying is um, every month I'm climbing a tree um, mm. and I've scheduled this into my, into my computer calendar. So first Tuesday of the month, um, half past nine in the morning, ding, the notification pops up. And like everyone, I spend most of my days battling with my calendar and pop-ups and emails and all that sort of boring, crazy stuff. And, but I like this one. Once a month, ding, go climb a tree. And I have to, to stop my email, walk outside, go climb a tree near to where I live. Uh, and I climb the same tree every time and I claim, climb it up to the same point every time. And I've set up my camera at the bottom to take a picture. So, uh, which is not necessary, but I enjoy that part. Uh, but what I like about it is that it's reminded me to pay attention to the seasons. It, winter becomes spring, becomes summer. And quite often when you're living a busy, busy life, you kind of forget yeah. to stop and notice that. Even just, I mean, when was the last, uh, you can ask a, a, a listener, you can ask themselves, when is the last time I just sat still for more than two minutes outside? probably pretty rare for most people mm -hmm. uh, so i climb this tree i look around i notice how the seasons changed it gives me a chance to reflect on what happened in the last month and a chance to imagine the month ahead of me 10 minutes come back down the tree back to the onslaught of emails so that is a tiny 20 minute dose of adventure mm. in the natural world and physical movement um every single month and i love trying to schedule in things like that into my life because um, we're all so busy. I think you have to actually schedule in time to not be busy, which is ridiculous, but that's the world we live in. It, yeah, it's really crazy, but it's so true. I mean, um, we, we were talking before we, we started the uh, recording proper about this uh, retreat I was on, the Wild at Heart boot camp a little while ago, and talked about, it feels like forever ago, but it was really only two weeks ago. Um, one, of the, one of the talks there was about the adventure to live and how, you know, these casual adventures like climbing a tree or, or uh, going for a canoe or sleeping outside, you know, in your backyard, they're, they're so simple seeming, but you've got to fight for them. Yeah. It's a, it's and the, you know, these, it is, you need to carve out time and you have to decide what is important. And two words I learned the meaning of a, a while ago, very similar, but it's important and urgent. And mm. they, are, they superficially seem like very similar words. But if you follow the path of urgent um, or, or important, it probably won't change for a day. But if you follow the path of urgent for a year or five years or 10 years or 20 years, you'll end up in a very different place to following the path of important for a day, a year or a decade. So I, trying to decide what is important in your life versus what is urgent is a very good reason to make me think, yeah, actually I'm going to go climb a tree for 10 minutes or I am going in my lunch hour to go swim in a river. That's another thing that I really love doing is just jump, jumping in rivers all through this, all through the year. We don't get quite as cold as you guys, but even yeah. in winter, <laughs> you, you, ne you never regret a, a good chilly swim. That's a, a really good point. We actually do have a pretty nice river for uh, jumping in like a five minute drive from my office. Yeah. That might be an interesting Well, there's thing a to lunch drive. break challenge for you. Oh man, that's gonna be cold. It's, uh, okay, challenge a, accepted. Whew. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to remember to bring a towel and uh, a lot of tea for afterwards. Yeah, but gee, do it, do, it, well, do it now before it gets really cold and, and just notice when you get back to your desk, one, how everyone will think you're weird and two, how good you feel. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's really funny. I've, I've been talking about with, with some friends, so just started a new part of my job and, and a new boss and my previous uh, uh, supervisor I worked for, like he, he was kind of used to be like, saying, hey, I got to go carry something heavy in the woods for a little while. I'll be back. And he was fine with it. But she has not quite gotten that um, that, that is important <laughs> to my productivity yet. Yeah, um, I haven't been able to prove that to her. So I'm like trying to figure out how to have that conversation with her. I'm like, look, I know this is weird, but it really helps me be a better person for you during the day if I go do something crazy, like jump in a river in much. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that there, there become times, kind of like now while I'm chasing a book deadline, there become times when I suddenly start to think, I'm so busy, I need to cut all these things out. But the times when I notice that I'm too busy to go climb a small hill and watch the sunset for 10 minutes, if I'm too busy to do that, that's when I know I really need to do that. That's when it becomes really important. You know, you know your long summer vacation when you're off on holiday somewhere, then of course you can climb the hills and that's lovely. But to squeeze that into a busy November day, that is when it has much greater reward factor, I think. Mm, yeah, it's, it's so true. I can't remember what, what the quote is from, but kind of about meditation, where if you think you can't meditate for 10 minutes, you need to meditate for an hour. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes, to meditate for now yeah it's very true isn't it mm -hmm. yeah that's it's just as important for for adventure as as uh, you know spending time in, in silence um, well i think you know in my in my life they are essentially doing the same job much of the time so um yeah, i've done phases of meditation but i also like you know the japanese word shinrin yoku forest bathing which oh, is a lo yeah. a lovely a lovely word so i get the, the things that i would recommend meditation for i also get from going for a walk in the woods or jumping in a river i think it's, it does the same kind of job for me mm -hmm. yeah it's just really re refreshing to your heart i, I love that uh, forest bathing concept i haven't done that i don't well except for uh, out in colorado for a while of just going for a walk in the woods and just being like oh wow that that tree is a really cool color or, oh man, that, that's a really interesting song, sound of the bird or the rustling of the leaves in the wind and just paying attention to those things and, and not like rushing through it. Yes, yeah, because I do actually spend a lot of time running in the woods and I love running as fast as I can because I'm busy and rah, but it's also good to stop, isn't it? And just whoo, slow down. Mm, that's that's so good. Um, is, is that kind of how you kind of, do you have a spectrum of adventure that you incorporate into your life and, and how do you kind of navigate that? Um, I think I have what a kind of wish list of adventure, which would be, I'd love to spend six months on my bicycle cycling a lap of the United States, for example, but that's not very realistic at the moment because I've got two young kids. So then I think, right, can I go, can I squeeze away, four days in the mountains of Scotland cycling. And perhaps I can justify this if I can turn it into a book chapter or yeah. sell, sell an article. Because I have a sort of advantage in that adventure is my job. So sometimes I have to go away and do cool stuff in order to earn money. So I'm 
very uh, fortunate in that sense. But then there are, most of the time I'm just living normal, normal middle-aged dad life, which involves being really busy, driving kids to gymnastics class, and then having then to squeeze adventure in around the margins of my own life. And so these days I, my thoughts aren't really on six month bicycle journeys. They're more on uh, the, the wall here. I just stuck up at the start of the year, the local hiking trails for about probably a 10 mile circle around my home. So now when I'm kind of bored on conference calls, this is what I look at and I go, oh, look, there's a little woodland I haven't been to, or oh, there's a hiking trail to that lake. So just smaller and smaller local squeezing in of adventures, what my life has become these days. Um, but I've, I think it's really important that the times when you're too busy to have big adventures doesn't mean you should therefore do no adventures. Doing something small is significantly better than doing nothing. Mm. Um, exercise adventure meditation healthy eating all those sort of things doing something small is far better than doing nothing yeah it's and and there's a dignity in those small adventures too it's it, you know we we glamorize the you know climbing of everest and the biking across america or like a friend of the show dan grek did, uh, just recently completed last year circumnavigating africa in a jeep you know wow we glamorize that kind of stuff and those are great but it, it sometimes takes away the the dignity and the joy of micro adventures small casual stuff well that's what that is specifically what led me to starting to do micro adventures because i noticed that you know, i used to spend time doing big stuff i spent four years cycling around the world i've walked across india i uh, rode across the atlantic ocean um, I've done expeditions up in the Arctic Ocean near the North Pole. So I used to do this big sort of stuff. And I noticed that the people who were reading my books or my blog, they, a lot of people liked this sort of stuff, but thought it didn't apply to them. It's like, oh, I love this adventure, but that's because you're an adventurer. I'm a normal guy. Therefore, I don't do this sort of stuff. Mm. So I wanted to try to break down those barriers of entry and essentially say, if it feels like an adventure to you, then it is an adventure. It's still a, a valid adventure with purpose and meaning probably more purpose and meaning than me who spends who spent 10 years gallivanting off around the world so um yeah trying to make it trying to give people permission essentially saying look if it feels like an adventure to you then that's great don't go comparing yourself to the bloke who had the good fortune and the tenacity to spend a year driving around africa because that's not normal yeah cool, but it's not normal yeah, absolutely. It's it's really important to realize. Um, actually, I'll try something on with you. I, I've been kind of working on distilling down with the help of a Navy SEAL friend of mine who really is good at precise language, just what an adventure is. And what we found was adventure is any experience where you learn by, pre by persevering into the unknown and finding fulfillment. Okay. Is, how's that land for you? I can go shorter. Ooh. Uh, Adventure equals risk plus purpose. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to be big risk. It doesn't have to be massive purpose, but it's still an adventure. Yeah, I like the notion that you need a little bit of both those aspects to it because you can get risk by doing something really stupid, which is a bit dumb, uh, and you can get purpose by sitting behind a desk and, I don't know, solving malaria or something but 
the adventure comes, I think, with combining a bit of risk and a bit of purpose and and the magnitude of that is up to you, I suppose. Mm. That is really good and, and can even help, you know, reframe how you do the nine to five, don't you think? Yeah, perhaps it can. Yeah. I mean, certainly, for, so for example, my tree climbing thing that I'm doing once a month, I'm enjoying it and it's fun and it's a bit of time in nature, but I've also made sure that uh, I always climb to the same point in the tree and the final bit terrifies me every month. <laughs> so it's about five seconds when I have to really, really concentrate and I really, really have to do the move right because if I don't, it's going to be really, really painful. So that I yeah. chose that deliberately to just add a little bit of oomph to the purpose of being up in the tree. Mm. I love that. And another thing that I'm really appreciating about you is you, you've created this environment where adventure is just part of your daily and, and even your shed and where you do a lot of your work just has uh, things around you that is like, Oh yeah, you know, got, you got the map on the wall of pins of places you want to go. What else have you incorporated into your environment to kind of jumpstart you, you know, kind of be smelling salts, if you will, to your mm. brain. You're like, Oh yeah, adventure. Right. I collect, I collect stuff. So I always collect bits of wood when I go places. So I collect all sorts of things like some driftwood and some weird volcanic rock thing and oh, cool. horse chestnuts. So I collect stuff. And so when I'm just at my desk doing emails, I can feel these things and remind me of, hang on, why am I here? Am I here to answer these emails or am I answering the emails in order that I can then get on and do the stuff that I love? Um, and trying to have some sort of sense of urgency on it. So I also have a few quotes above my desk. Um, one of which is one day or day one, you decide. So I like, I really like that. Um, and then that's from uh, Paolo Coelho, the guy who wrote The Alchemist. And then what a great book. The life that I could still live, I should live. Um, that's from Jung. And that's it. So there's a few things I have, I suppose, that just remind me to get on with it now. You know, there's that saying that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. So, um, yeah, I think I'm trying to not defer my adventurous life, but just do what I can with what I've got and do it now as best as possible. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 it's so it's so important to cultivate that, and I love those rem reminders. I, I took back a couple of. Uh, little small rocks from our, our trip. We went to Normandy um, in June and uh, on Omaha beach, there's these really amazing, almost bright white uh, rocks that have been tumbled in the ocean for goodness knows how long. And found a couple of those that just remind me of, Oh yeah. You know, I did that. I went there. Yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah, do more yeah. of that. Yeah. I think one thing I've worked really hard at is trying to build a habit of living adventurously to just you know when i get up in the morning i brush my teeth and i've done that since i was about eight and my parents stopped yelling at me so and that's just become a habit and we have so many habits in our life some good some bad some just that we don't even think about and i've tried to just build up over 20 years the habit of oh if i see a tree i'll climb it if i see when i'm on a train i'm always looking out the window thinking that'd be a great place to camp and i make 
pins on my Google Maps as I drive saying, hey, this would be a good river to come explore sometime. So just trying to make the daily habit of having an adventurous mindset, I think, has been a, a helpful thing for me over the years. Mm. Definitely and I take good. it for granted. You know, I think it's completely normal. And then I meet a lot of people who just think I'm so weird. And that reminds me that, ah, oh, actually, what I'm doing is not normal. Most people are not going about life the same way I am. But that's fine. I'm old enough to be quite happy to be the village weirdo these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's part of what makes life interesting is like, you know, if, if everybody was the same, then nothing would be interesting. Yes. Yeah. When everybody's somebody, then nobody's anybody. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's, that's a really good quote that should be on a t-shirt too. Um, <laughs> what have you seen in you know, your work the past 20 years or of, of living this kind of life of, of others who have followed along? Um, have, have, you have some cool stories of, of people who are like, wow, I, I read this that you wrote and I started sleeping out on a hill and, and it led to this. Yeah. Um, the the microadventure thing is interesting. When I started, I was a bit worried. I kind of thought I just about got to the point where I'd established a sustainable career as a tough guy adventurer. And <laughs> I started, which essentially revolves around doing stuff that's really hard and then showing off about it. Um, and I started to, I worried that changing to just going to sleep on local hills and swim in local rivers would be not very interesting to people. But actually it's really, really resonated and connected with far more people than me doing something big and daft and stupid so i think what i've what i enjoyed was just the springing up for example of facebook groups there are there are over 40 regional facebook groups in britain of people doing micro adventures in the areas that they live and anecdotally i get lots of emails from people talking about it uh, helping change their lives so from solving um well, not solving, that's a big word, but helping with things like depression or mm. drifting apart from their family or not connecting with their kids because their kids are just on screens and um, and just being a little stepping stone towards people just shifting their mindset to being more adventurous. And I think that comes about by me trying to make microadventures so small that everyone can feel included. Mm. That's really great, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought the idea would go away. I thought, you know, I, uh, I did. I started doing micro adventures. Then I did a year of micro adventures, did a bunch of challenges. Then I wrote a book about it and made some films. And then I was like, right, I'm done with this. Now I need to go and do something else. But people just it's I now accept that I'm Mr. Micro Adventure and that this is an idea which has got legs and is useful to lots of people. And ultimately, that's much more rewarding for me than people then a few people go, oh, you're amazing, because you walked across the desert. I mean, that's great, but kind of pointless. It's good for me, but it doesn't really do much for anyone else. Yeah, and, and actually that gets to something else I wanted to ask you about is, did you ever have an adventure where, you know, afterwards you're like, you know, the risk I took really wasn't worth the story. It didn't, it didn't fit into my larger story or in the larger story of the world. I don't have it for any expedition overall but there are certain incidents that stick out and one that's always really stuck at in my mind was I crossed Iceland about 10 years ago by foot and by these little inflatable boats called pack rafts and there was this bit of river that we needed to paddle the two of us and it was really epic it was really hardcore and we were both really afraid and we were thinking shall we paddle it or shall we walk around 
And in the end, I thought to myself, this will look so cool on YouTube. This will be awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. So I get in the boat and set off paddling it, flip, terrified, get myself out of the water. It's the nearest I've come to dying. I get charging up the riverbank, blowing my whistle to stop my buddy coming down. Wow. He gets out and we're both terrified. And that was such a dumb idea. And the two interesting points that one, I forgot to press record on my camera. Oh, no. um, and two, it taught me a lesson that I should not be doing things to impress other people. So ever since then, I've always asked myself, anything I do, I say to myself, would I do this if nobody ever found out? And if the answer Ooh. is still yes, then that means that it does actually feel personally beneficial to me. And I'm not, I'm not just doing it to impress the internet, which is a dumb way of operating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so hard to, you know, not pay attention to the vanity metrics, you know, of likes and posts and shares and podcast listens and, and things when well, for, for me, it's a Amazon. My latest addiction is Amazon reviews. Oh, uh, Cause I had yeah. a book come out this summer and get the first review five star. Yeah. I got loads of five stars and I got up to, I had 49 five star reviews, no other reviews. And then someone gave me a one star review. And I went, ah, Amazon reviews suck. I'm no longer interested in reviews. So <laughs> you have to learn to take the good ones with the bad ones, I suppose. But yeah, that's my, uh, my secret uh, vanity metric is Amazon reviews these days, which is it. It, it happens, you know, we, yes. we all get uh, yes. stuck into, you know, we, we have a need for validation, right? And you yes. know, sometimes yeah. we, we look for it in the wrong places. <laughs> yes. um, but that's another great segue into uh, what was that book about? Uh, and what, book are you currently working on that we can look forward to that book was i think in light of this conversation an interesting one it's called my midsummer morning and uh in the 1930s a young british guy called laurie lee walked through spain playing his violin to earn money and he wrote mm. a beautiful book just before the civil war a beautiful book called as i walked out one midsummer morning and i've always loved that book and i've always wanted to recreate it but i can't play the violin i'm not musical at all and so it's just been lingering in my mind for years. And then, so fast forward 15 years, and I'd realized, you know, I've spent years now hiking across countries and cycling continents and stuff. And, and actually, I'm very good at that because I've been doing it for 20 years. So in many ways, normal adventure isn't an adventure for me anymore. Normal adventure is me in my comfort zone. And mm. if I want to get out of my comfort zone, if I want to get back to living adventurously, risk plus purpose then i need to look differently at adventure and what i needed to do i realized in order to risk failure and fear and vulnerability was learn the violin so i spent a month hiking through spain with my violin no money no credit card only my terrible 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 <laughs> violin skills uh, i mean i'm really bad wow. i sound like a six-year-old kid so that was an exercise in terrifying vulnerability. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I wrote a book called My Midsummer Morning about that. But it's also about the topic of how can I live adventurously and also be a good stay-at-home dad, uh, which might resonate with you perhaps. So yeah, yeah the, the big is... dilemma in that was the, that, that was the heart of the book, really. 
really awesome and i'm immediately putting that in my amazon cart <laughs> yeah, well, if, you, if you get the audible version you can listen to some of my violining actually the the film that i made of the trip has just gone on youtube it's called my midsummer morning on youtube so if you want some really bad violin playing listen to that Ooh, yeah we will make sure to uh put a link to that in the show notes so everyone can uh assault their ears with bad violining yes. <laughs> But I'm also, the, the book I'm writing at the moment, and I'm not just saying this for a full-on sales plug, uh, the book that I have currently is in this form, a sheaf of paper, hopefully in a month's time will be an actual book. Um, it's called The Doorstep Mile. And oh. the doorstep mile is a Norwegian phrase which is so helpful in my life. The Norwegians say that the doorstep mile, so stepping across your doorstep, is the longest mile of any journey. So I love that phrase, the doorstep wow, mile. Yeah. Get yourself out the front door, take that first step. And you know, it's a great thing for say runners. You think, oh, I can't be bothered to go running. You make a deal with yourself. Okay, I'll put on my running gear and all I have to do is take one step out of the house and then I'm allowed to come back in and watch TV. <laughs> and you know, of course, <laughs> that once you put your running clothes on and you take the step out the door, you think, You're oh, come good on. to go, yeah. yeah. So I'm writing a book which is about the idea of dreaming up big adventurous ideas dealing with the barriers a lack of time a lack of money the and all the demons and fear in our head the, the imposter syndrome that stops us doing stuff and then saying right now take one step out your front door and then that's pretty much the end of the book i don't think there's much more to say after that mm. so yeah that's what i'm trying to trying to finish off at the moment that's awesome and mm -hmm. it, it, there's a really good quote from I think it's, I can't remember if it's The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. It's Bilbo Baggins either way, but, you know, about, you know, you take a step out your front door and you never know where you're going to get swept yeah. off to. It's a dangerous place out there, Frodo. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That I have that on the opening page of the book. Yeah, it's a, a good one. <laughs> it's, it's a really good reminder of, you, know, yes. you just, you just never know. Mm. Uh, and I, I think that is the perfect place to, to end our, our time together of just, you know, that, getting out that first step is, is really the, the most important part. Yeah. And interestingly, well, maybe I, sorry, I don't know if it's interesting, but a way of wrapping this up in terms of me telling you to go swim in a river in your lunch break is that the first chapter of this book, I've written the story of someone who really wants to go swim in this river and he gets to the riverbank and he stands there and it looks cold and he's like, ah, and will you take that, will you take that jump in? Because you know it'll feel great once you've done it, but that, that jumping in, it's good. So I think jumping in a river is a good metaphor for life. Mm, it really is. I need to remember tomorrow morning to pack, a, pack some swim trunks. Yeah, and send me a picture. <laughs> yes, I absolutely will. With the swim will. trunks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be cold, but it'll be good. Um, well, look forward to that. Uh, pack swim trunks, writing on my to-do <laughs> list, right? <laughs> um, so where can folks find you and follow along with, with your adventures uh, as we uh, wrap up our time today. Uh, I've spent far too much time trying to take over the internet. So if you type in Alistair Humphreys into whatever corner of the internet you like, social medias, blogs, YouTubes, Amazon, all those sort of things, I should turn up. So if you can remember Alistair Humphreys, you should find me where you look for me. 
Awesome. And it's A-L-A, not A-L-I, like I tried yeah. earlier. My yes. brain didn't yeah. remember the A part, so yes. <laughs> Most people spell it wrong, so I think Google's figured that out as well these days. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Google yeah. will help you out there. Yeah. Well, Alistair, this has been fantastic. I'm really, really glad we got to connect, and thank you so much for all your inspiration and you know the budding friendship that we started. It's just been really great to get to chat with you. Good luck with the book. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm looking forward to reading uh, Midsummer Morning in the meantime. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you. That's all we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us on the Anthem of the Adventurer. To keep the Adventurer alive, join us on Facebook at the Anthem of the Adventurer Tribe during the week. You can see all the adventures that me and the group are up to. Share your own stories. Share your after-action reviews. We'd love to see those. And if you want to get in with a local group, do some adventure regularly. Go to anthemoftheadventurer.com slash local dash adventure and get signed up for your chapter of the adventure scouts we'll be putting out a lot more about that during this season two as we get our first group here in lafayette indiana started and you can look for us on facebook and youtube to see our after action reviews also if you want some swag from the show we're going to be starting to put that out on the website as well so take a look for shirts and hats coming this fall Now go out and live your adventure.